for the title. Got it. Good snap. The hold is down. It's long enough. It is good. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Maddock. Today's guest, one of the most successful high school wrestling coaches in South Dakota. No coach has won more state wrestling titles than today's guest. He won an individual high school wrestling title. He won an individual wrestling championship with SDSU when it was in the North Central Conference. And then, of course, a head coach. His team has won eight state titles. In fact, overall, Watertown and Rapid City Stevens have 10 team titles apiece. But it was a 35-year career, a career dual mark of over 500 wins. He coached the girls' track team for 33 years with one state title. He's also in a number of Hall of Fames. He's Marv Sherrill of Watertown. And Marv, welcome to In Play. Thank you very much. What a wrestling career. But if... Back in Cody, Wyoming, back in the mid-50s, you know, could all of these wrestling marks be written off the map if you only had made the Cody, Wyoming basketball team? <laughs> uh, no, because I'm only 5'6 now. There was no hope when you're my size. But you didn't make the but, team, well, right? I could run or I could dribble. I could not do both at the same time. So he did me a favor. Uh, by cutting me and the wrestling coach said, you know, we need small guys. And so I went out and it turned out, uh, actually what I wanted to do was play football, just like at South Dakota state. I went out for freshman football. Uh, that's my favorite sport. But I remember getting in the huddle the first day and looking straight ahead and looking at navels and thinking, I don't think this is going to go real well. So I did play freshman football state I only got into one game. Uh, in those days, North Dakota State was so bad, we got ahead by 40 points, and even I got in. So I can say <laughs> I played one game of college football. And then uh, I thought, my sophomore, there's no sense playing football. Uh, I'm just not big enough. I mean, I was a guard, not a 100-mile-hour running back. And I remember sitting State's first home game my sophomore year, I was about ready to cry. I thought I'll never play football again. And I got to looking around and realized there are a lot of girls in the stand. I guess it isn't all bad. So <laughs> that was my football career. Did you get into wrestling, though, right away in Cody, Wyoming? Were you like a freshman uh, in high school at that time or earlier? Yeah. Yeah. How successful were you in those three years as a, as a freshman, a sophomore, and a junior as a wrestler in Cody, Wyoming? In Wyoming, I was average and ever placed in the state meet. And then Christmas of my senior year, my father got transferred to Huron. And I went out uh, for wrestling. It worked out well because, you know, I made 40 brand new friends the first night. Um, uh, wrestling was not as far advanced in South Dakota as it was. It was an old sport in Wyoming. In South Dakota, it was fairly new. So uh, I wasn't that good, but I was good enough to win. So you want to stay title. You want to stay title. Yeah, I did. Uh, and it was it was a different world back in then. Like, uh, you know, I was used to Cody and Wyoming wrestling. <clears throat> For instance, we went to Miller. And now we're talking a long time ago, but 
we get there and we see the Miller wrestlers going, this is the National Guard Armory, they go into a room and they start bringing out mattresses. And they lay the mattresses in a square and then they get a boxing canvas and put it on top of the mattresses and tuck it under. And that's what we wrestled on. Well, there were several problems. For one thing, uh, mattresses are soft. And after a while, they start to separate. You could step between mattresses and your foot would disappear. <laughs> and if you ever got on your back, there's no way you're going to bridge. You sunk in. And the third thing is a boxing canvas is made for traction. And our little, well, it was 95 in those days. Went out and he wrestled a guy by the name of Smokey Wallman, who ended up wrestling for Iowa, Iowa State. Very Anyway, he came off the mat and he was crying because that boxing canvas had erased about half of his face. He was mm. just getting, he had these hideous mat burns. It was awful, but that's the way it was back in the day. And then there were 16 wrestling schools. Everybody brought their whole team and the state wrestling tournament was at Spearfish at the college. So, yeah, things were a little different in those days. So. The, fr- the first Huron Tiger to win a state wrestling title was Marv Sherrill. That, that's, that's pretty cool. What weight division was yeah, that, was. by the way? 127. <laughs> and then went to college. Uh, well, South Dakota State said, come down here and we can maybe pay your tuition or something. Well, in 1960, when I graduated, tuition was $66 a quarter. I was not, uh, they didn't spend a lot of money on me, but I was so thrilled anybody wanted me that I went down and wrestled for <laughs> Warren Williamson at state, and it worked out very well. Uh, shoot. The thing about him is he was kind of self-taught. He was an all-North Central Conference football player, but no wrestling experience, and he just plain taught us, and we were in great shape. So That would have been about 1963 to 65-ish, right about that time is when you were wrestling for uh, the Jacks? 60 to 64. 60 mm-hmm. to 64. What was, uh, was sports big in your family when you were growing up? No. Uh-uh. My father uh, worked as a commercial fisherman growing up down south and came up uh, to Wyoming and worked. ended up in Cody marrying my mom, and he worked in the oil rigs. Uh, and then in 1945 or 44, when the war was going, he got drafted. And so, no. Uh, I think he had an eighth grade education, and I think my mother graduated high school, and that was about it. So, no, uh, from the family side of it, no, sports were not. But uh, Cody High School, that's another thing, too, though. Cody High School, there's a lot of oil around there. And Cody High School had their own traveling bus. The year after I graduated, the football team flew to Scottsbluff, Nebraska, to play a football game. Hmm. There was that much money at that time. And then, unfortunately, there's Husky Oil Refinery across the river from Cody, and they paid, I suppose, a ton of taxes. But then the oil ran out in that area, and pretty soon, uh, Cody High School got to be like everybody else, and you know had to budget and cut down and everything. So, how do you suppose, though, Marv, that wrestling was the sport that maybe had your one of your biggest interests, maybe uh, the success that it had? Well, um, I weighed. 140 pounds maybe and I wasn't a running back so I had to be a guard and you don't you don't need any 140 pound guards in uh, but wrestling I wrestled someone my own size and Bob Hockley the my wrestling coach and Cody 
kind of recruited me. He said, we'd really like to have you. We need a 95-pounder. So, uh, or one twenty seven. Uh, that's why, you know, I like the competition. I couldn't play football anymore. So here was kind of a combative sport that I liked. And it, it turned out very, very well for me. What about the training regime uh, back uh, when you were in high school and comparing it to uh, what's going on today? Well, I know what I did to my kids all year I was here, but down there, uh, I don't think we trained as hard. Well, my kids in Watertown got up every morning, and, you know, Watertown High School is a quarter mile around inside, and they'd either run one day they would run just nine minutes. That's an overtime, you know, an overtime, nine minutes, steady jog. The next day we'd sprint the straightaways and uh, walk the short side, you know, kind of a interval training type thing. Uh, yeah, we worked a lot harder, or I worked the kids a lot harder here, but uh, it was still when I started, kids never, if the coach had run through a wall, they ran through a wall. It's just the way it was. I, and I was fortunate to have uh, a bunch of very good kids wrestle for me. I had some, you know, had a kid like Rick Jensen, for for instance, four-time state champion. Uh, or had a fine young man named Vince Hahn, my only really good heavyweight. Vince Hahn was first-team All-State in football. He was a state champion wrestler for me, and he won the shot and discus in the state track meet. So that's the kind of, you know, you have a few kids like that around. It really helps. It makes you an awfully good coach. You know, after SDSU, uh, you're done with your wrestling career. You, you stayed in Brookings, uh, and you were at, at Brookings well, High. What uh, was going yeah, on? Yeah, they needed uh, an assistant coach at Brookings. Bill Gibbons was the head coach, and he played football at state, and uh, they needed a social studies teacher and they needed an assistant coach. So, and they said, you can help coach freshman football and work with track. So shoot, that fit right in for me. And I was right there. And also it enabled me to start my master's degree. So cheap place to stay being paid for it and right there at the college. So that, that worked out very well. And then I was head coach for two years. And then uh, I brought a bus load of Brookings kid wrestlers up to Watertown. This was in the spring, they had a kid wrestling tournament. And it was just at that time that uh, Schleckaway, the football coach at Watertown, took the Black Hills College job. McElhaney, the wrestling coach, took the football job. And they said, would you and your wife like to interview? Because we have a German opening, she taught German. And uh, we need a wrestling coach and mm. we need a history teacher. So. Perfect. We interviewed and got the job, and that's how we ended up in Watertown. And then, you know, we just stayed. And that was 1968 about. And for the next 35 years, you lead Watertown to eight wrestling titles. You had, what, eight or nine runner-up finishes, 14 ESD titles, region champ 18 times. You coached over 500 dual wins for Watertown, why, why why was it so successful up in Watertown? What was going on? Well, uh, I worked the kids hard, and I was we had just some really fine kids. Watertown is a good place to coach, it really is, because you go down to Brookings, and unless you're phenomenal, you are second fiddle to South Dakota State. I mean, Brookings High School, what's that? In Watertown, Watertown High School is the center of attention. We got the money, we got all the support, we got the newspaper. 
it's just a different world up here. Uh, athletics in Watertown High School are very important. You know, you know, like, uh, well, I'm a jackrabbit, so I'm proud of them. But what's there, anybody going to even think about Brookings High School for the next two or three years after the state won that uh, football title? So, yeah, it was just much nicer to come up here where Watertown High School was the center of attention. And, uh, you know, the support was good. It was just, it was, I thought, a good move. So. Marv, what makes a good wrestler? You have to be a competitive kid. You have to like, uh, and you have to be strong. I'll tell you what, some of my best wrestlers were farm kids. You know, they were used to hard work, and physically they were stronger than average kids. So I like the farm kids. And uh, But, no, you have to be about half mean, and you have to be aggressive, <laughs> and you have to not get discouraged. Not, you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep fighting. Uh, it takes that type of person. So it kind of takes a special, a special breed to wrestle. And if you got the combination, uh, well, like say the Altoff boys wrestle for me. <laughs> They're all very good students. Two of them are engineers now. Uh, very, very strong kids, good attitude. You know, I've had a lot of kids like that, that, uh, strong, good attitude, not afraid of hard work. Cause like I said, they got up every morning and ran, uh, I like that because that way I could not have to worry so much about conditioning in practice and do more technique, hmm. which I think helped. And, you know, face it, <laughs> I would go to a national coaches convention. I say, well, we get our kids up, but, uh, and they run at seven o'clock in the morning. I had some coach say, you can get your kids up to run. <laughs> well, yeah, but it started so long ago back in those days. You just said, that's what we do. And, and the kids, okay, coach, if you say so. And that's the way it was. That's why, we uh, go through the training regimen we do, and I think that's I, – I think I can say with straight face, nobody ever beat us on shape. They might be better wrestlers, or it might be the techniques, but people will not beat us in shape. And one of my my favorite team to wrestle against, Canby High School. they got a bunch of strong farm kids, and they come after you. So, And we try and make the best schedule we can. Uh, so you wrestle at Canby's, and you wrestle some of those schools. Or like, uh, wrestling team this year went up to Bismarck won the big Bismarck tournament so and the thing that's changed this year we also have 10 girls out and we had two champions up there two of our girls are champions so that's a whole nother aspect that's changed we have girls in the wrestling room yep. now so you can be a world champion or an Olympic champion as a female so yep, we've true. got girls that's true let's talk about some of the great Watertown wrestlers that you got to coach and I want you to tell me something a little bit about them and let's start off with the guy that you just mentioned, Rick Jensen, four-time champ, 1971 through 74. What was so special about Rick? Well, the thing about Rick is he was so clever. Uh, he was about a move ahead of his opposition. He just went out and took Even as a freshman, he went right out. and That was funny, too. We're going to go out and rapid, wrestle Rapid City. He was excited because he was a freshman, and he came from uh, a family that didn't have a lot of money. He'd never been. To Rapid City. He was excited. He was going to go to Rapid City. That was a big deal for him. But <laughs> he just was very, very talented. Well, he only went on down to state and was a national champion. Yep. He was an exceptionally talented young man. Uh, he was going to have, have a kid like uh, Mike Ingalls, who also wrestled for state and was an assistant wrestling coach down there one time. There again, he came from a family that didn't have a lot of money, but boy, wrestling was good for him. And 
And he was a very highly intelligent individual, but he just went out and gobbled people up. Uh, so, about Nate Altoff, a three-time champ, 2000 through 2002? Well, there again, we're talking a farm kid and uh, muscular. And his brother is working out with us. Uh, he's in college now at State, but also big muscle kid. They were typical farm kids, though, just hardworking. And and, uh-huh. and his dad wrestled. Nate Altoff's dad wrestled for the Wabe Dragons a long, long time ago. So they are kind of a wrestling family. Well, then we had the Cordell boys. Uh, Steve, and they're, two-time yeah, strong champ. Strong farm kids. Yeah, yeah and, and strong, strong farm kids. And they had a sister named uh, Cease. And I wish Cease were in high school right now because she's very strong. But she would love to have wrestled. And I think she would have done very well in it so yeah like i said there again my farm kids i mean i've had kids that weren't farm kids but uh well then i get a kid like randy ruchank uh randy was just slick got a way of doing things so how about uh, tim bouchard he was a two-time champ back in the late 80s yeah now there you you get academically a very bright young man who came off a farm yeah they uh <laughs> they have a farm but on wishard had a knee that would go out of place. He'd wrestle all of a sudden, he'd stop, and he'd come over to the side, limp over. I'd grab his ankle and his knee, and I'd pop it, and his knee would, you know, reduce the uh, dislocation. He'd get up and shake his leg a couple times, go back out and wrestle. I mean, that's the type of kid he was. And like I said, very good student. He went to South Dakota State, and uh, I think he had an engineering degree. So I'll tell you what, seriously. If you can have an intelligent athlete, you're way ahead of the game. So, Eight state wrestling titles. Is there one year that kind of stands out amongst the rest? No, that would be hard to say, uh, really. You went back-to-back a couple of times, you know, back in yeah. 92 and 93 yeah. and 99 and 2000. Something special about those well, two the, teams the, that the, went back-to-back? The, the, Reason you get success that way is don't let anybody graduate. Just let them all wrestle for years. So that's, yeah, we had just a good bunch of kids. Well, like right now, uh, Pierre is really loaded for bear. You coached yeah. uh, an international wrestling team once and you traveled to Mexico. What was that experience like? That was just a lot of fun. I'll tell you, we had a bunch of, well, they're all state champions from all over the state. And, uh, Race, they all had to raise, I don't know how much money, and we flew down to Mexico City. And, you know, it was a great cultural experience for those kids, too. Uh, for one thing, you know, go to Mexico City, and it's an old city. I don't know when it was founded, but it just was a lot of fun. We stayed in a college dorm, and then we had a bus that hauled us around. See, that was another thing, too. Jose, our bus driver, only understood English when he wanted to. <laughs> and there is a Volkswagen factory outside of uh, Mexico City. And for some reason, Jose hated Volkswagens. <laughs> and I saw him. Well, Jose, by the way, his standard rule of thumb, he always ran a red light. I mean, if it was yellow, that just meant speed up. You know? Well, Jose looked in the rearview mirror and saw that there was a Volkswagen behind us. And I think the Volkswagen expected Jose to run in the red light Jose locked up the brakes, and the Volkswagen ran into the back of us. And Jose was going up there going, <laughs> and then one of the kids stuck the head out the window, and, and honest to gosh, King Kong got out of that Volkswagen. Our kids stuck out. Jose 
he's big and he's mad. Jose ran the red light. We left. <laughs> just, it was just a wonderful experience. The other thing we found out, they told us now, be careful about where you drink the water, you know, and some of the kids didn't listen. And uh, we had some pretty miserable kids. How many days were you down there? Oh, God, I think we're down there three weeks. Oh, really? And the other thing we found out, you know, it was just a great experience. You go to the market, and I learned Quantiquesta, how much, and then they'd haggle. They never expect you to pay the first price, and the kids came back with more stuff. They had big sombreros and suede leather jackets. They just, it was just a wonderful time. We traveled to those pyramids out by Mexico City. We traveled around uh, in the area of Mexico City. Just a great cultural experience for those kids. Well, during your time uh, at uh, Watertown, was there any chance or any ambition to coach on the uh, college level? No, not at all. Uh, see, I coach freshman football. And I uh, coach girls track. Well, you go to the college level, what do you do? You, you raise funds, you recruit, and you coach one sport. Well, I wasn't interested. I liked what I was doing. So, no. Uh, they talked to me a little bit at, uh, at Black Hills a little and some things like that. And I was flattered, but I never was interested. I liked what I was doing, you know, coaching this era, you know, these kids and coaching three sports, uh, you know, and I'm retired now, but I still help with football and, uh, wrestling. And in the spring now, I don't work with track. I work with girls golf. The trouble with that is it's do as I say, not as I do. Because <laughs> remember that my first night out for golf with the girls, and I teed off and hit what I thought was a pretty good shot. And then the girl I was playing with teed off, and her ball was probably 30 feet in the air and still going where mine had stopped rolling. So I thought, okay, uh -huh. do as I say, not as I do. Also found out that girls are afraid of snakes. I remember we're putting a tournament. I'm in my cart. Four girls came running back. We can't tee off. We can't tee off. What on? There's a big snake. What on there? There was a garter snake about the size of a night crawler, and I had to catch that little snake and put him in the weeds, and then they were okay. But, you know, I really enjoy, you know, coaching the girls in well, golf. So that's just, it's a night thing. Yeah, it doesn't pay, but what the heck. During your 35 years of coaching at Watertown, you mentioned you coached a girls track for 33 years. Why girls track? Well, uh, I was the freshman boys coach for one year, and the girls track coach left, and nobody wanted the job. So Jerry Welf, AD, said, you want to be the head girls track coach? I said, sure, why not? And I thought, well, I'll treat these girls just like I do the boys. So I got them up to run in the morning, and this and that, well, the first morning, I forgot that a boy with a crew cut can get in, get showered in about 20 minutes. <laughs> yes. A girl with long hair takes <laughs> a lot longer. And I wrote a whole bunch of passes that first day to get them into class. And then we had to start running earlier in the morning with the girls. But, <laughs> yeah. And I really enjoyed the girls. Uh, and, you know, I was kind of a male chauvinist pig. And I found out there were girls who could run faster than I could, could pole vault higher than I could. You know, uh, could jump farther than I could. Uh, I found out just how good athletes. Then you get a girl like Kay Stormo. What she went to Iowa on a, a track scholarship. Mm -hmm. Still has the all-time record in the mile. Uh, had a little girl that could pull vault 13 feet. I had some great girls. You know, they just were were super. 1978, you won yeah. the title. What was special about that girls' track team? Well, we just had good balance. We did. 
a little bit of everything well. I mean, that's the secret. You got to score in a lot of events. Uh, and, you know, I couldn't coach a high jumper. I don't have the patience. Just jump. What are you doing? <laughs> that's why I like coaching sprints and relays. Uh-huh. Run as hard as you can and turn left to end the straightaway. I can handle that. So, uh, yeah, that was just, like I said, a well balanced team. But, uh, a lot of, we scored in a lot of events and, uh, won the title. Who would have known? I thought we were going to win a couple other times. It didn't quite happen. But like I said, uh, Watertown girls still hold a lot of records, and the Watertown girl records are very, very good. So, Building uh, a new uh, facility up well, there in Watertown. Oh, yeah. That's going to be really – have you driven by that much? That's so they get rid of that big pile of dirt. But, no, it looks nice. I mean, we, we I think we're the, the only school in the ESD that didn't have a turf football field. We've got one now. Uh, that, you know, we had that all weather track, but now we have a very, very nice track. That's a beautiful facility. I'm glad to see that come. Uh, well, we talked about the, the girls track, but girls are wrestling now. What's your reaction yes. now that we are seeing the girls on the mat? Uh, I don't think anything's changed. Uh, we have a little girl, uh, Olivia Anderson. Unfortunately, I mean, the lightest weight in the girls is... You know, well, it depends on where you go, but she's really good. I mean, she is very, very good. She's as good as any of the boys, I think, as far as technique. The little flea only weighs about 90 pounds. So she's lost one match. It was a 106-pound match, and, the you know, the bigger girl. Uh, you know, the girls' state wrestling tournament's been around now for a couple of years, and I've noticed, too, the technique has gotten really good just in the last uh, well, two yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, uh, these girls, well, they practice right with us in – with the boys and uh, just like the guys, they do the same thing the guys do. Uh, and like I said, Olivia is just such a slick little thing. When you know, when she gets about ten pounds heavier, she's going to be just a monster because she won't be spotting twenty pounds or this and that. Mm-hmm. She is very, very. Good. And then our largest girl on the team also won the title up at Bismarck, and uh, she's just a good wrestler. But we have ten girls now, and they're all have won matches. And it's just getting better and better. We've got to do a better job of recruiting girls. Well, you know, girls are kind of reluctant. Some of them, ah, no, mm-hmm. I think the fact that some of our girls had success and hopefully they have success in the state meet, uh, we might get some more girls out. When did you uh, start thinking about stepping away as the head wrestling coach in Watertown? When I got cancer. <laughs> I. Uh, How tough was that? I got cancer, and I just kind of had to bail out of everything. They said, uh, I had cancer in my bladder. No, I never did smoke or drink. And one of the boys said, maybe you should have drank, Coach. You might not have got cancer in your bladder. Who knows? Mm. Uh, and that's when I decided I better back off. Well, then I just plain hung it up. Then I, now I come back and help with football and help with wrestling and help with golf. And they like me because I'm free. I'm just volunteer labor. So, uh it's worked out well for me, and I really enjoy working with the kids, uh, and I like coaching. And the nice thing about not being a head coach is there's no pressure. You know, I'm just an assistant coach. I think the worst thing in the world would be to be the head basketball coach in Watertown because after going to a few quarterback club meetings, I listen to people talk, and obviously everybody knows more than the coach does, the basketball coach. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I like my jobs. I've never had anybody challenge me. I think if someone challenged me with wrestling, I say, well, let's go on the mat and wrestle. We'll see what you know and that sort of thing. But uh, anyway, that's what I do. And I really still enjoy being with the kids. I don't feel 80 years old. Uh, you just stay young when you're working with kids. It was shortly after you had stepped down as head coach that you joined me as the wrestling analyst for the uh, state wrestling tournament. I know it's hard for wrestling coaches to stay, stay seated during a match, but not once during that <laughs> broadcast did you stand up, grab my arm, or grab my head, or anything about the match. Uh, that experience was fun. I, I had a great time with you that time. Well, it was fun, and it's, it was, I'm glad they were uh, you know, promoting wrestling a little more. We still need, well, face it, the average boy, given the chance, would make the basketball team. I mean, that's something we face that's reality so uh we got to do everything we can to promote our sport i think the football coaches would love it if everybody played everybody wrestled because wrestlers make good defensive football players you know they uh they can handle their body very well their quick reflex they make very good defensive football players so you know, we have so many South Dakota high school wrestlers over the years who've moved on and they've wrestled in college or they've become uh, coaches uh, in, in college. We even now have a few in the professional ranks, you know, the mixed martial arts, you know, the Devin Clark, Logan Storley, David yeah. Michaud, just to name a few. What do you think about those guys now where, you know, they, they wrestled in South Dakota and now they're professionals? Well, I mean, you know, but you think about professional wrestling. Hey, that's acting. I mean, you're going to stand there while some guy runs across the ring, bounces off a rope, and runs into you. It's not going to happen. So, but it, it it's kind of funny the way fans get all excited thinking it's real. It's not. So, but you know, good for them if they can uh, make a living doing that. Good for them because if you think about it, uh, after you get out of college, there's not a lot of uh, demand for. Well, wrestling is a sport, except you look for at, that. You look so. at Logan Storley, he's had to learn how to box so that he can uh, be a part of this uh, mixed martial arts. Because you know he can wrestle. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, though. If you're a good wrestler, you can move in and ground pound him. You can take him down. You can, you know what to do. But I wouldn't be tough enough. I don't like to box. <laughs> I'd have to grab him right away and hope he would get hit in the face. So, no, it, but it's a good way to make a living because you're not going to do it uh there's no amateur wrestling that pays so mm -hmm. good for, you know more power to them shoot marv you're in uh, multiple hall of fames you're in the south dakota wrestling coaches hall of fame you're in the south dakota sports hall of fame what does that all mean to you it means they must have had a shortage of good good nominees or something <laughs> no it's it's nice to be honored by your fellow coaches, you know, and, uh, well, like right now I still get to coach. I'm 80 years old. I'm glad they let me coach. I, I'm flattered. They still let me coach up there. So, uh, no, it's, it's a nice honor. You know, I saved the clipping of that and I'm that thing, but it, it is a nice honor. And I'm, you know, um, you want to thank your fellow coaches, I guess probably it was around so long that plus, you know, I got to coach in Watertown, and we've always had a good string of good athletes. That's, yep. I don't care how good you are. I remember 1980, I had a wonderful bunch of kids, but they weren't athletes. They were just great kids, and we lost our first 15 matches. 
and we finally, I think we beat Madison. It was the longest year of my life. My deal on them was to, I wouldn't get my haircut until we won a match. <laughs> I've always had crew cuts. I had hair down over my ears, but you know, they were just great kids. They weren't particularly good athletes. You know, 35 years as the head coach at Watertown, over 500 dual wins and eight state titles. You know, when you think about it, what do you think about the most when you kind of reflect on that arrow wrestling career? Well, the thing is, um, just kind of a matter of <clears throat> arrow practice. You're the Watertown Arrows. We always would tell them, you're the Watertown Arrows. You go out on the mat and you attack, and you make them worry about what you're doing because you're a Watertown Arrow, and that means that means something. And it's a psychological advantage. You're a Watertown Arrow, and you step on the mat and you go get them. Uh-huh. That, that's what I always told the kids, and that's what I always thought. Uh, you know, you think about it, Watertown Arrow football is good. Uh, track has been good. I like mine, and I like, you know, the way it worked, and I chose the right sport for myself. And I was fortunate enough to have an unlimited supply of good wrestlers. So, And now we've got to build the girls' program up. We only have 10 of them, but, you know, two of them are very good, and the other, the other seven and the other eight uh, – they're getting better. And think about it, it is, you forget about their girls, they will route and wrestle just like it. So, yeah, it's been a good life, and I enjoy it. And like I said, I'm glad they still let me show up and coach. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Programs such as this are only possible through the continued support of our listeners like you. For South Dakota Public Broadcasting, I'm Craig Maddox. Join us again on the next episode of In Play.